Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. Hope Powell has stepped down as Brighton manager after their 8-0 defeat to Tottenham. We're all bitterly disappointed, more than embarrassed, and we just weren't good enough today. Just the 25 goals to dissect after another cracking weekend of action. It's unlucky for some, but not for Arsenal, who make it a Women's Super League record of 13 wins in a row. Free kick, Black Stenius! Very simple. Arguably too simple from a West Ham United perspective, but Stina Blackstenius will not care a jot. Manchester United stay top after another win, plus Reading registered their first points of the season in a late comeback victory over Leicester. Throw with the shot, it makes it two! They needed a hero and Reading have it. She scored just minutes ago. We'll react to the rest of the weekend and midweek results. Look at the latest inductees to the WSL Hall of Fame and discuss white shorts. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers. I'm Mary Earps. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Happy Monday, you lovely lot. I hope you had a lovely weekend, especially if your team's won. Uh, One person on the show today who's going to be absolutely delighted and cock-a-hoop, I reckon, for the uh, following hour is uh, former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci. How are you doing, Jenna? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. All the better for that smashing result yesterday. (laughs) Oh, my goodness me. Where the heck did that come from? I know. I mean, I I was following it on on my Twitter and every time I logged on, it was... uh, we were going up another goal, but I think Tottenham have really struggled in front of goal, even last season and, and this season, they've really struggled with goals. But I think I always felt like it was coming. They were creating and it was it was only going to take one before like the floodgates open. And unfortunate for Brighton, it was it was them who took took the hammer in yesterday. But I've I've watched it back and I think Brighton will be really disappointed. I think far too many of them goals were were too easy for Tottenham and most of them come from mistakes. Well, that's exactly where we're going to start, actually. I thought we were going to get to spend the first part of the show, Jenna, waxing lyrical about your team after that 8-0 demolition of Brighton. But we're kicking off with some breaking news here on Women's Football Weekly as Brighton boss Hope Powell has stepped down following that defeat that left them second from bottom with just three points from their opening five matches. Uh, First, let's hear what she had to say after the match yesterday. Listen, there are no excuses for that today. I think um, 
we're all bitterly disappointed. I think we're we're slightly more than embarrassed. I think you know we owe the fans probably an apology. I think lots of them turned turned out today and really still kept going at the end, even though we were eight nil down. But it just felt like every opportunity they had, they scored. Um, and we just weren't good enough today. What was your initial reaction, Jenna, when you heard the news earlier? Yeah, I think it's obviously a really sad day for Brighton. Um, Hope Power's been at the forefront of so so much good that's come out of that club. You know, she's taken them on a real journey and that was reflected last season when they finished in their highest ever position of, of sixth place. Um, I think after you have a season like that, you really want to try and kick on, you know, strengthen your team over the summer and, and look to progress this season. But unfortunately for Brighton, it just hasn't happened this season. They've been dropping a lot of points. Um, performances haven't been great or or what we're used to from a Brighton team. And I think yesterday's match and the 8-0 the thumping against Tottenham, it when you're on the back end of results like that, they really do hurt. And it's a time for reflection, not only for the players, but obviously the coaching staff and management. And, you know, ultimately the responsibility comes down to Hope Power as she's the manager. And I guess maybe she feels that she's taken her team as, as far as she can go. And, you know, they're obviously now at the bottom around, in and around the bottom of the, the WSL. And it's no secret that you can't afford to drop too many points because the season is over so quickly and if Brighton were to continue as they are they could find themselves in real danger of being in that relegation battle at come the end of the season so I guess maybe it's time for a new coach to come in and, and try and turn their season around but yeah and absolutely it's a really big loss you know Hope Powell has been have done so much work, so much fantastic work for the women's game. She's been in and around the game for so, so long. So it's a really sad day in that sense. Yeah, it really is. She's been at the club since 2017, a stalwart of women's football. And actually, Michelle Walder, who's chair of the Women's and Girls Football Club Board, uh, said this in Brighton's statement, Hope's contribution to the development of women and girls football at our club for the women's game in this country as well cannot be underestimated. She's established Brighton and Hove Albion in the Women's Super League, overseen the opening of a new state-of-the-art women's and girls teams training facility at the club and undoubtedly inspired further generations of young girls to play football. Uh, we wish her well for the future. Let's get some more reaction on this, shall we, and speak to the Telegraph's Tom Gary. How are you doing, Tom? Hi, Faye. I'm well, thank you. How are you? It's always busy on a Monday night, isn't it? Throwing us curveballs. Never quiet. <laughs> ne- never a dull day in the WSL. Indeed. And naturally, and I saw you'd written an, an article earlier on uh, saying that this could potentially uh, be an option for, for Brighton. And, and, and so it was. Yeah, it was around two o'clock this afternoon that um, sort of sources started to suggest that um, changes might be afoot at Brighton. I believe there have been a few meetings today. And then I think quite classily, um, Hope Powell's um, statement came out that she was stepping down. I think that was quite typical of her character. Um, and I, she says in a statement, it's the right time to step down. And I, I don't think it's a great surprise after the 8-0 defeat on Sunday to Tottenham when Brighton were the worst I'd seen them in, in a very long time. And I, I think perhaps the writing had been on the wall for a little while um, in that Hope did, a, I think, a fantastic job in the early years at Brighton, taking them up to the WSL, building an, you know, a full-time team, a, a couple of ninth place finishes, and then, and then a top half finish, which was superb. But things had sort of ever so slightly started to stagnate. Don't think she was 
hugely happy with all of the kind of recruitment um, from what I gather over the last sort of few months. And, and they lost some they lost some really good players. Maya Letizia being, I think, the standout one of those. Faye, and I'm sure you'd agree, she's been very good at Manchester United. And um, when you take somebody like that out of the defence, um, it's hard to replace. And so with all of those things together, I don't think it's a major surprise. And, and um, I think some Brighton fans are very sad to see Hope Powell go. But I think in general, I think this is something that's been on the cards for a while. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, we've certainly been talking about it on the show since the beginning of the season. And and it's a real shame because I did think that Bryson were potentially going to do some good things. Um, you know, she's been at the club since 2017. And as Jenna said, led them to their highest WSL finish of sixth in, in 2021. But it did feel as if it had gone a little bit stale. What, what What's next for Hope Powell? Because she can bring something really special to, to, to women's football with the future looking really bright so much going on behind the scenes you know you and I have both interviewed her on, on many occasions Tom what, what's she going to be thinking right now well I think she'll probably take a bit of time to uh to, to reflect and, and take a maybe a short a short break but um I certainly don't think this is the end of her, her, her career in the game she's still got a lot to offer clearly very very well respected I, I wouldn't be surprised um Faye if if we saw uh, in, in the coming months or, or, or years, hope they can return into international management with perhaps with another country. I think certainly if you're a, a, a national FA around the world looking for somebody to help transform your women's football programme, um, there'll be very few candidates globally that would have the CV of, of Hope Powell. And um, I, I wouldn't, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw her uh, moving abroad to try and help grow the game somewhere. But, but also, you know, there, there may well be other opportunities in, in the WSL over the course of the season. You know, we know how quickly things can change now. The, the, the shelf life of a, of a WSL manager is not as long as it used to be. Hope Powell was the third longest manager in the division, but now you you only, you, you, you don't need um, sort of two hands to, to count the number who, who have been there more than a couple of seasons. So, um, it, it's uh, it's very possible that there'll be a bit more moving and I wouldn't be surprised if we see her back at some point soon. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Bry- Brighton have said that Amy Merricks, who's the assistant manager, is going to take charge at West Ham on Sunday, supported by Alex Penny and, and Perry Northeast. But where does it leave Brighton in the search for a, for a new coach? Because as you said, and I'll actually read Powell's um, farewell comments on the club's website. You know, she talked about the amount of progress that they've made in the past five years, but felt it was the right time to step aside and allow a new coach to take the team forward with plenty of Super League football still to play this season. What kind of coach is going to be coming in to take her place? Well, this is going to be a very, very popular job vacancy because there aren't many um, clubs in the world giving their their team the backing that Brighton are giving women, uh, their women's side, that the facilities that they've set up with the £8.5 million training ground just for the women's team, they're really world-class. And I think it'll be very, very popular. There'll be a lot, a lot of names in the frame. I, th- I think, for, for example, we'll probably uh, see somebody like Mark Parsons, the former Netherlands manager, getting a look in. Um, possibly Jane Ludlow. I know she's still obviously at Manchester City, but that's somebody with excellent experience. Um, Willie Kirk is currently in a director job at Leicester City. But nonetheless, if you're looking for a manager who could turn a team in relegation trouble around, that's somebody who might well be... Um, under under significant consideration, and then if you look at people doing a good job in lower levels, perhaps it's like Marianne Spacey at Southampton has done an excellent job, um, and 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 will 
is the kind of person with that respect that Brighton might look to. And I think perhaps as a real wild card, I would maybe say um, somebody like Carolina Maracci, um, I've just pronounced that terribly, but it's Italy legend. There'll be many, many, many names that will go, for, you know, will be in the frame for this job. Um, but what the Brighton's big decision, I think, um, at the moment is what job to fill next because they actually advertised for a new managing director a few weeks ago and that recruitment process is still ongoing. Um, and that was to essentially replace Polly Bancroft, who has gone to Manchester United as head of women's football. And in the job description for the new uh, managing director, it said that this uh, that whoever fills that role would be uh, would manage and lead on all aspects of Brighton's women's and girls programme, including the staff, the strategy and the budgets. But by listing the staff there, I can't help but wonder if this new man managing director would expect to hire the manager. So for that reason, I wonder if Brighton will fill that vacancy first and then seek to make a final decision on a, on a new coach. I, I did half wonder, and I, I know she's, you know, coach first and foremost, but I did half wonder, knowing that that vacancy was around, whether that might be something that, that Hope Power would want to transfer into, or if there is just going to be a straight split, which it sounds as if at the moment there is. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point, because um, there seems to have been this sort of informal suggestion over the last few years, depending on who you spoke to, that, that perhaps that was a natural path that Hope was going to take at some point to move into a more of a board kind of position at Brighton. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. Um, clearly, you know, she's looking to go in a different direction and, and I think still has hopes to, to carry on coaching. So um, for those, for that reason, uh, yeah, and I, it would seem as though um, Brighton, you know, I've, I've had, a, a, I gather, a huge number of applications for the managing director's job already. And I think that quite, process is quite far along. We're not, not yet sure who that might be. But clearly, again, a very attractive proposition. So I would imagine they would feel that first. Looking at their um, calendar, they've obviously uh, they've announced that Amy Merricks uh, um, will be in charge for the game against West Ham. But then after that, we've got the international break and there's a little bit of a gap until they take on Liverpool on the 20th of November. So perhaps they've got a bit of time to take their time to, to do this properly, thoroughly and, and, and get somebody in place for the 20th. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, thank you as ever. Brilliant. We shall speak to you soon. A massive pleasure, Faye. Thank you. Tom Gary there from The Telegraph. Uh, now then, Arsenal came from behind to break a WSL record of 13 wins on the bounce. It finished Arsenal 3, West Ham 1. Jonas Eideveld, though, not bothered about the records at all. Uh, you were at this game yesterday, Jenna. Talk us through it because uh, it certainly wasn't as straightforward as that scoreline suggests. No, it wasn't at all. I think West Ham really frustrated Arsenal in, in the first half and Arsenal looked a bit tired and... There, there was a lots of loose balls. It wasn't like the Arsenal we're used to seeing. And you, you got the feeling that it wasn't going to be their day at one stage. And, you know, West Ham, they were really unlucky. They had a goal disallowed for absolutely no reason at all. It was a a fine goal. It was Brynish Dottie got the head on. And I think Kim Little had slipped and the ref had thought she was pushed. But it was excellent movement by Brian Dottie to, to get up and lose Kim Little initially. And unfortunately for them, it was then cancelled. And then... It was an absolute howler at the back from Catley and Zinsberger. I think there was just no communication. It was a back pass that went wayward, hit the, hit the post. And then Brins Dottie got her goal in the end. But it was a, a really sloppy goal to, to end their 10 clean sheet run, which I think they'll be absolutely fuming about. But I think that goal, if anything, it it woke Arsenal up and then, and then they just come into their own. And second half, it was a different Arsenal team and... Uh, Jonas Eideveld was able to make the subs and 
you know, bringing players like Maidamar on. <laughs> Jordan Nobbs come on, obviously. Unfortunately, Kim Little had to go off. Worrying time to see her stretched off. But yeah, Jordan Nobbs saw an absolute banger. As soon as, I think it was her second touch, actually. Second touch on the ball, a volley from outside the box. So yeah, they finished the game looking like more like the Arsenal we know. Yeah, they they, they certainly did. It was uh, Blackstenius that, that put them 2-1. 2-1 up shortly after the break, of course. But we talked on the show last week about um, teams not working out that West Ham have got a fantastic target woman in uh, Dagny brinners dotier and the amount of goals she scored this season early, early on from corners, headers in the box. And, and Arsenal still didn't pick her up and they were lucky to get, to get away with that one. And actually, West Ham were great in the first half, but... What happened to them in the second? Was it was it their quality or the quality of Arsenal and the changes that that Idaval made that made the difference? Yeah, no, I think they remains they they did frustrate Arsenal again in the second half. They were very organised, out of possession. You could see they planned. They knew they weren't going to have a lot of the ball, and they made it really really difficult for Arsenal to break them down. Um, but the second half, I think the 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 changes, the level of Arsenal just went up with those changes on the pitch. And, I, and as I said, I think the minute that West Ham scored um, that second goal, first time was disallowed, it really kicked Arsenal on and they, they seemed to wake up after that goal. But as you say, Brins Dottier, which is for me one of the best in the air in the league, and her movement in the box is, is brilliant. Like people were trying to, players were trying to mark her, but her movement from set pieces um, was brilliant. So yeah, she, she struck again. I think that's her fifth goal in five games. Incredible. And, and, and Frieda Marnham also on superb form as well, sealing the win with a with a header. Three goals in three starts for her. Yeah, and I think she she's a player that, you know, she's earned a position. She's had three straight wins now, uh, three straight starts and three goals. And yeah, she's brilliant. And she's keeping Maidemar out of the team at the moment, you know, and she's earned that. She's earned that start and she's definitely clinging on and giving Jonas Adeville another headache, a uh, good headache in all that. But no, she's definitely earning her, earning her place. And I'm, I'll be surprised if she's not starting next weekend for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Arsenal 3's Zurich 1 was the midweek result in the Champions League. Same scoreline. Uh, Jordan Nobbs on the score sheet then as well. A stunning volley. Uh, two for Lena Hurtig as well. Means that they have two wins from two in Group C. Juventus's draw with Leon means Arsenal are looking good to progress to the knockout stages uh, now as well. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Faker others and former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci with you. Coming up, we're going to analyse Man- Manchester United and Chelsea's performances from the weekend. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Frank Kirby and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Ruthers. Former uh, Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci is alongside me today. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or if you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you just need to go ahead and download it today. Uh, right, Manchester United's 100% record continued. It finished Everton nil, Manchester United 3. Nikita Paris on the score sheet again, this time against her former club. Leah Galton making it 2-0 before Hayley Ladd found the top corner from 20 yards out. Before we have a look into this one, let's hear from Manchester United manager Mark Skinner. I mean, I'm so pleased that the players were 
magnificent. It's a tough fixture to play at the end of a three-game week, and you know Everton have, have progressed massively over the last probably just the start of this season. Actually, Brian and the, the guys are doing a great job. So. It was a really tough one because they're going to keep the ball, so we need to be compact at times and precise. And and you know what? I felt, I felt we could have created more opportunities to take even more goals, but when we needed to be second half, we were ruthless. I love this stat, Jenna. Um, United are the first team since Manchester City in 2016 to win their first five WSL games without conceding a goal. That is pretty impressive. I mean, it really is. To get five goals in, and it's an incredible stat going into their sixth game of the season. And I think that's a lot of credit to Mark Skinner and, and that back line unit and, and the midfield, I think, have been solid as well. They just look like a really well-oiled machine at the minute. You know, everyone knows their roles on that pitch. They're very difficult to break down. And obviously Mary Earps carrying on from the phenomenal summer that she's had, still yet to, to concede any goals. So, yeah, it's phenomenal. They've been, they've been playing really well and... You know, they've been scoring a lot of goals as well and, and not just from one player. They're not relying on one p- player to, to score their goals. They're coming from a number of players. Can, can you see them upsetting the apple cart this season? I mean, it certainly seems as if that they're they're looking likely for a, for a Champions League spot, even though we're quite early in the season. But everybody was talking about it being a two-horse race in terms of Arsenal and Chelsea. United are kind of pushing that at the minute yeah I mean it's still very early on and there's a a long way to go isn't there but I think the next two games for Man United will get a real sense of just where they're where they are at you know they've got Chelsea next weekend and then that the game after that is going to be against Arsenal and I think that will be their real test to see how far they have come and and if they if they are going to cause the upset this season but for me I think they've started off brilliantly it's just whether they can maintain that form for the whole season yeah, we really thought it was going to be a, a, a tough game, actually, this one against a, an improving Everton. But it felt like they were fully in control. And, and you think that Sorensen, Brian Sorensen, would be quite disappointed with, with that from an Everton point of view. Yeah, I think um, Everton, they've, they've been better of late, get, uh, better performances. But yeah, I think he would be disappointed. I think Man United really controlled the game from from the start till the end. And, and Everton didn't really have that much going forward. Um, I feel like they've maybe taken a little step backwards, but I think, you know, they've got Tottenham next next week and those are the games that both Tottenham and Everton are going to want to focus on picking up points from those teams around them. But for me, I think you can't take anything away from Man United's performance yesterday. I thought they were totally dominant. I thought Ladd and Zellum in the midfield were pulling the strings, you know, just their, their, their movement to... At, at, and always thinking forward and finding passes and driving their team on. So for me, I thought the midfield were the difference for Man United yesterday. Yeah, definitely. And, and as you say, they've got Chelsea up next and it's been a good week for Chelsea. 8-0 winners over Vlasnia in the Champions League midweek. Four goals from Sam Kerr, three from Panilla Harder and Katarina Svitkova in uh, a route, leaving them top of Group A. Real Madrid up next for them in the Champions League in, in mid-November. But it was also a 3-1 win against Aston Villa at Kings Meadow on Sunday. Five wins on the bounce now in the league. It means that they're second behind Manchester United on goal difference, albeit they have that game in, um, Manchester United have that game in hand. Uh, But it sets up a cracker um, next weekend. Lauren James opening the scoring uh, after 22 minutes. Rachel Daly equalising as well before the break. And James grabbing her second of the game and and Sam Kerr sealing the win. Um, it was a, a, a cracking overall performance, bearing in mind that uh, they'd been pegged back again by Aston Villa. Yeah, I thought, you know, 
Aston Villa scoring when they did just before half time. I thought maybe we could have an upset on the cards, you know, Aston Villa with that never say die attitude and really testing the top teams this season, it seems. They've been really impressed with them. But for me, I thought Lauren James was was unreal yesterday and, and she's been teasing it for a number of times now. Like we're getting glimpses of what she's capable of. And I've, I've played against her quite a few times when she was at Man United and she's just got this raw talent, like, I can't explain what she does. She doesn't look like she's moving fast. She just glides with the ball. But I think yesterday we saw the best of Lauren James. And I think Chelsea are doing a fantastic job just, you know, drip feeding her into the team. And now yesterday we saw just how important she she can be for that team. But for me, I thought she, she had a, a, a great game and some really good goals that she just makes look so, so easy. I don't know, I don't know how she does it. I, I, I try and yeah. do it play a cam on her all the time like how is she doing it she just makes it look so natural yeah she's effortless isn't she she just kind of glides um let's hear from paul green shall we who's doing uh all the media interviews while emma hayes recovers from a hysterectomy by the way emma hayes was in the stand i'll talk about that in, in a second uh watching her team but paul green was delighted with lauren james's performance and thinks that england have a real talent on their hands lauren's a special player we've just got to keep developing her in the right way but uh, yeah I thought today she was excellent got two great goals uh, one expertly taken with a left foot and then one just after half time in a crucial moment for us to break away and get one for right foot but she's she's a quality player and uh, yeah England's got a special talent yeah just like you said Jenna an absolute incredible incredible talent and Emma Hayes has been saying that for for a while so delighted to see her in the in in the stand actually at at the weekend she had a a a rousing song from from the crowd as she usually gets as as well but um, great to see her back let's talk about Aston Villa though um Three defeats in a row now after that great start to the season. Here's what their manager, Carla Ward, told Talk Sports Ian Abrahams after the game. Yeah, listen, I said it in my press conference in the week. You know, there's um, Leete's come in. She's done tremendously well. Um, she's, she's now played in the last, what, four or five games, including the Cup, and, and she's done extremely well. That first save in the first half was exceptional. But listen, we knew what Leete was about when we went after her in the summer. We fought with two or three teams, Carter, thankfully. Um, and yeah, we're delighted. A few things going on here with Villa which I'm not quite um, exactly sure about, Jenna. So, Carla Ward only named five subs for this game instead of the nine that you're allowed to have in in the WSL. Then there was this really strange incident involving um, their goalkeeper, Hannah Hampton, who's been absent for the past four games. Carla Ward said she picked the other keepers on on form so why would she pick Hannah Hampton and bring her back in then she said she wasn't bringing her for this game even though she's fit again and said she was leaving her at home after an incident that happened on Saturday we still don't know what that incident was or why she was told to stay at home but what we do know is she didn't stay at home she actually turned up at King's Meadow um put a photo put a a video on Instagram and was standing by the team bus afterwards. All very strange. Yeah, really strange. And it, it seems there's been a bit of a miscommunication. I imagine the Aston Villa social media people are, are losing their minds that she's posting a, a picture after the statement by Carla Ward. But yeah, it does seem bizarre that she's been absent um, and she's fit. And obviously she's got her eye on, on the World Cup next year. So she's going to want to be playing. So yeah, so, something... It seems like something off the pitch, maybe, maybe a 
just I don't know I'm just guessing now but something's obviously gone on and something's not right there but yeah and two mixed messages there from obviously your manager saying she's at home and then she's turning up it's it's not a great look no it really isn't maybe something will come out in the in the next few days and weeks perhaps with a little bit more meat to the bones as to what's going on there but as a whole Aston Villa will be quite disappointed with with the last albeit against tough opposition at the same time they've got an opportunity to bounce back against Liverpool next weekend yeah massive massive match for them I think I mean they would have been really disappointed to lose to Everton the week before I think that's you know like we say you got to pick up the points against the teams in and around you so yeah they've they've gone on a bit of a run of bad form um, but they do have the quality there and we've seen glimpses of it at the beginning of the season you know with a player like Rachel Daly you've, you've always got an opportunity to to know be in those games and Next week's match is going to be massive against Liverpool, who, you know, struggled again this uh, yesterday against Man City. They were so close to, you know, getting getting the point off of them. But yeah, that'll be a really good game for them next season and hopefully uh, next week, sorry, and hopefully a chance for Aston Villa to turn it around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Faker Rothers and former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci with you. Up next, we're going to discuss the rest of the WSL action and check out what's been going on in the Championship and elsewhere. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Rothers. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Ruthers, former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci is alongside me as well. Don't forget, as I remind you every week, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can just go ahead and download it today. Uh, Right, Manchester City 2, Liverpool 1. Bunny Shaw opening the scoring uh, for City. Liverpool's Katie Stengel equalising before substitute Hayley Rasso scored the winner six minutes after coming on. This was quite a a decent game, Jenna. Yeah, it was, and... You know, Rasso coming on and having that impact of what the what you would expect from a sub. But no, I thought Liverpool played really well for for, for large parts of the game and considered themselves quite unlucky to concede late on and and, and lose some points there. But um, yeah, Bunny Shaw doing what she's done so well this season, scoring again, yet again. She's in fine form. But yeah, I think uh, Liverpool disappointed to, to drop the points late on. But again, another really strong performance from Liverpool who obviously new to the league and they're just they are making it difficult for teams so I think they're going to upset some teams and get some results as the season goes on for sure. Yeah I agree with you and and we said um, a moment ago that Aston Villa that they've got at home uh, next and then um, after that they've got their game in hand against Reading which you know bearing in mind Reading's form although they got their first three points of the season um Matt Beard's side will, will definitely hope to to get something something out of that. But Brighton, they've also got, obviously we've talked about their form uh, recently before that Reading match. So I think, it, you know, a couple of wins back to back is is something that, that would help Matt Beard and, and perhaps, you know, give them... Uh, I know when I've spoken to him before, you know, that they're sitting there thinking we, we really want to obviously stay in the league first and foremost. But I think they've got higher ambitions than that. And, you know, a good mid-table finish this season would be a solid start back to the league. Yeah, definitely. I think when you do come up from the championship, your main aim has to be to stay in the league, establish yourself in the league. But I think after the 
the the win on the opening day it really you know how can you not want to kick on and you, you've proved that you've beat one of the best teams in the WSL there when they beat Man City obviously they've had four losses now which is it's not ideal but I think just listening to the teams that they've got coming up that's a chance for them then to pick up some momentum and get three points and I think they'll go into them wanting to to get the three points they won't want to settle for, for for any draws against those teams you know you've got Reading who are struggling obviously and Brighton and 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 they'll see themselves that they can come away and win that and then that hopefully should kick them on and give them the confidence to, to, to climb the table yeah three games against um three of the bottom five sides in Villa Brighton uh, and Reading um so we'll see what they can do out of that uh, for Manchester City though um clicking into place a little bit more now let's hear from Manchester City boss Gareth Taylor who was thrilled with the victory and thinks it was a huge three points in their season yeah just about holding on we said that to the players at the end I think um, I, you know if I was to praise the game I thought first half an hour we really controlled the game well played some good stuff looked dangerous scored a really good goal um, but I think that you know we were we weren't reading the warning signs a little bit we were a little bit sloppy and loose in our build-up play uh, gave away a really poor goal from our standards and uh, rocked us a little bit until we got to half time. Second half was a bit. We've seen we've seen better performances from us, if I'm honest. But I, I think like the grit and determination from the players was great, and it's a really big three points for us. So Manchester City on nine points, five games uh, played, six points behind Chelsea in third, but with a game in hand over them. Um, three wins on the bounce now. So. It's, it was a difficult start, as as we thought it might be for them. But, you know, they, they need to start picking up consistent wins now if they want to break back into that top three. Yeah, definitely. You know, the, the teams above them are all unbeaten and they've dropped. They've already dropped six points with the two losses early on. So they started slow, but I think given the changes and the, the quality of players that they did lose, I mean, they didn't just lose average players, they lost their best players and and quite a few of them. So it was always going to take time for these new players to, to settle in and for it to gel and those relationships to build on the pitch. And it looks like now they've found their momentum. It's connecting on the pitch, free wins on a bounce. So now they'll be looking to kick on. And we saw it last season. They went through a bit of a rocky patch as well. But in the end, they turned it around and they got that Champions League place. Yeah, uh, let's look at the bottom of the table. Uh, drama at the Battle of the Bottom. Reading 2, Leicester 1. Hammer blow for Leicester. Two injury time goals from Rachel Rose saw Reading get their first points of the season. Leicester were ahead for the majority of the game after Natasha Flint's first half goal, but Rose scored from her own corner in the 90th minute and then hit a 90-second winner from distance. I mean, th- this is what it means at the bottom of the table. It's so tight. It lifts Reading up to ninth. Their first WSL win since February, which is insane. Um, Reading boss Kelly Chambers, though, delighted with the victory and thinks it's going to spur them on for the weeks to come. Five games into the season and it's hard because you look at it and you go, we're in, it's mags, we're in a better place now than we were last season um, with the goals that we've scored and the points that we've got on the board now. So, um, yeah, look, the girls will take belief from this. They'll take confidence from it. And look, they only have to look at the table. When you, Just seeing one place move up, it, it, it gives you a little bit of belief and... Yeah, the girls, look, we've had performances this season and, and I think we've shown that. We just haven't turned performances in result and today was just about getting result regardless of performance, but I think we had a bit of both today. Ultimately, Jenna, did they deserve it? Listen, I think to carry on and score two goals that could potentially be massive, massive three points, 
I think, yeah, they do deserve it because in the 90th minute, it'd be easy for your heads to drop and, you know, just give up. But they didn't. They kept fighting. And I mean, credit to Rachel Rowe. When you've got a player like that on the pitch with that experience, she's been, it feels like she's been around for, for, for years and years and years. And she's got the ability to change games. And that is a massive, massive three points for her and her team. And I think for Leicester, you've got, a, they must be absolutely kicking themselves today. They were so, so close. And I think that, just shows maybe the lack of leadership that they are missing and, and that experience and that game management to concede two goals in extra time when you're literally struggling, you're struggling for, for, your, for survival at the minute so early on, but it is a mini league down there and it is so tight. So in any point is would be massive and to drop them at, in that manner so late on, it, it's a killer and a, a real sucker punch. And I, I think that will really knock their confidence there, but for 90 minutes, they, they, they did have the lead. So that, again, is a positive for them. They haven't been in that position before, uh, but they are just struggling to score goals. And, you know, unless you score goals, you, you can't win matches. Yeah, and their manager, Lydia Bedford, is staying positive, as you would expect her to, to try to do, but they're still looking for their first points of the season. I've seen some of the best performances from our players across the season in today's game, but we've not walked away with the points. And that hurts but we can't change it now we've got to pick ourselves up and go again and you know the first three points or points might come against Arsenal next week but we've just got to be in a position to be competitive in those games too. Tough times for Leicester but still a long way of the season to go for them to start reclaiming a bit of form and let's look at the championship Um, obviously Leicester promoted from the championship and want to have Another season in in the WSL, their third. Um, but Bristol City were relegated last season, still five points clear at the top of the table. Straightforward two 0 win for them over Blackburn Rovers. A really lively South Coast derby as well. Southampton coming from two goals down to draw two all with Lewis FC. Second half goals from Ella Morris and Laura Rafferty, and then Morris hit the woodwork in the closing stages as well. That draw leaving them third, so they missed the chance to move into second. Charlton almost completed a similar comeback but ended up losing 4-3 against L- London City Lionesses who do stay second. Uh, Birmingham thumped Sunderland 4-0 while Sheffield United are now level on points with Durham after a 2-0 win and Crystal Palace are fourth after a 3-0 victory over bottom side Coventry United. I mean it is so competitive the championship this season Jenna. You were down there for a long time with Tottenham. Is this the most competitive you've ever seen it? Yeah definitely it looks like people are just stealing points every weekend off of each other you know you can't really call any of the results I think Bristol obviously are in fine form and it's a very difficult league to get out of and similarly to the WSL it's a short season so if you drop you know if you have one bad day that could ruin your chances of of getting out or, or or reaching the playoffs but Bristol for me are looking like the team to beat I think Southampton have done really, really well for their first season in there. You see them there in, in, in third place and they've got three wins now, consecutive back-to-back wins under their belt. And they look like a team that are growing with each match. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's it's, it's going to be tight. But at the minute, Bristol are definitely in the driving seat and the team to beat. Yeah, Durham and Sheffield United always up there towards the top of of the table but they're down in ninth and tenth which just shows how how tight it is from from top to bottom yeah I mean from my memory when I when I was playing there for Tottenham it was always Durham with the team to be and they were always you know in and around that top top one two three spot but 
they look like they're really struggling at the minute. And I know they don't necessarily have the same investment as other teams in that league that, that are linked to men's club. And maybe that's that's where the difference is now with the more investment that's coming into the league that those teams that aren't necessarily linked and got that back in, they are going to struggle. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we always watch the the championship with, with great interest. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. I'm Faker Others, former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci alongside me. Next up, we're going to round up some of the rest of the stories from the worlds of women's football this week. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Week. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers. Hi, I'm Ashley from Putnam Hotspur and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faye Carruthers, former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci is with us. We are available on podcast as well. Uh, plenty of places you can download us. But first, head to the TalkSport app to find us and you can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, now then, we have some new WSL Hall of Fame inductees. Karen Carney, Enia Luco, and Katie Chapman have all been named as the 2022 Hall of Fame inductees. Three very well-deserving players, Jenna. Yeah, definitely. And players that really put the WSL on the map, you know, they're, they're, they, it was due to their hard work that the players now can, you know, be professional, full-time professional. And thanks to, to those driver, players driving on, but yeah, all remarkable players all played in the top league for, for, for many, many years for their country. And yeah, that, I mean, very well deserved. And yeah, I mean, they're players that I grew up watching you know, week in, week out and aspiring to be like myself. So, yeah, very well deserved. 
Yeah, Karen Carney, the the wizard, as she's known, 144 England caps, nine seasons in the WSL with Birmingham and Chelsea, won the FA Cup with both teams and won the quadruple with Arsenal in 2007 and the League and Cup double with Chelsea in 2018 and now making her mark as a fantastic pundit um, in and around um, women's and men's football. And then Enia Luko as well, who's now sporting director at Angel City FC. She also started her career of Birmingham, a bit of a hotbed of of talent in Brum. Over 100 caps for, for England, two WSL titles and two FA Cups. And she ended up as Chelsea's top goal scorer when she left in 2018 with, with, with 68 goals. And, and they're two players who've gone on to do really exciting things with their careers since uh, retiring from football. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, when you, as a player, when you see the careers after football it's something that we've not really seen before you know because you, you don't have that media coverage and those jobs weren't necessarily available and, and women were never given those opportunities so I think for any player in the game now looking at players that have retired and have gone on to get careers out of the game or any young girl really um, it, it's really inspirational and they're doing amazing jobs and uh, oh, mo- most so they're very very good at what they do they're not there because they're women they're there because they are excellent at what they do and their trades so yeah I think it's really motivating for for any woman really to see them crack on and, and have a career after football yeah that reminds me actually I'm hoping that we're going to get a, a chance to sit down with former England and Manchester City goalkeeper Karen Bardsley at some point in the next few weeks because um, she's finished all her studies since retiring and she's actually now back working at, at Manchester City behind the scenes which is really exciting so hopefully we'll get to sit down and, and have a chat with KB very soon but one of these inductees tends to go, if, if you're new to, to women's football and new to the WSL, perhaps a player that, that didn't necessarily catch headlines like the likes of Enia Luko and Karen Carney is, is Katie Chapman starting her career at, at Millwall, spells at other clubs and, and out in the States as well. But she won two League and Cup trebles at Arsenal, then two league titles and FA Cup titles at Chelsea. She's a real um, stalwart of the WSL, but perhaps newer viewers of the game wouldn't necessarily have heard that much about her Jenna yeah no I mean she's an absolute legend of the game and had the privilege of playing against her many many times and she yeah she is a player that's not really spoken about you're right but she is probably one of the best players that we've ever had in the WSL you know she was that midfield anchor solid was never one to shy out of any tackles just a real physical presence and yeah she was a in the game and her stats and the trophy she's won speak for herself. She was a really important player for every team she's played in and obviously uh, won leagues, trophies with the top, top teams. And, and that's no coincidence. It's uh, down to her as a player. She was a phenomenal midfielder. Yeah, she does awesome stuff behind the scenes as as well. Just doesn't necessarily shout about it all, all the time, which perhaps she should. And we've had her on Women's Football Weekly before and we should get her back in very soon. Um, interesting uh, story that's been in and around for a little while now, Jenna, but I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. White shorts. Uh, Manchester City announcing that they're going to change the colour of their white shorts from next season to help players feel more comfortable while on their periods uh, following West Brom, Stoke and Scottish side Livingston uh, 
changing the kit and, and some interesting stats here which make a lot of sense to me when I read them out loud but something that I hadn't necessarily thought about um Women's health advocacy group The Well HQ saying that 64% of school-age girls will stop playing sport by their mid-teens because of period pain and shame. And a study by Adidas last year reporting that one in four girls drop out of sport with worries about period leakage, uh, one of the main reasons. So quite important that a big club, no disrespect to, to West Brom, Stoke and, and Livingston, but a, but a big WSL club in Manchester City are, are taking this move. Yeah, I think it's um, probably a long time coming, but obviously these conversations haven't been had until recently. But any worry you can take off of a player that anything's going to affect a performance, I don't see why this hasn't been done years and years ago. I know just from behind the scenes working at Tottenham, we we do this with our academy kids anyway. They're, they're not in white shorts because it is a worry when you're playing. I've been a, obviously a player myself and been in teams, obviously, where players have been worried um, and it's it's just a, a small thing that can just you know it does affect your performance so why not why not help the players out there and, and take that worry off their hands so I think the more it's spoken about I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more teams doing exactly the same and and just just making a simple change to help to help the players. That's the thing. It is such a simple change, isn't it? This is what I find really fascinating about what's going on within the women's game at the moment. It seems like really route one basic things that could have been implemented years ago, but perhaps there were so many other battles to to, to fight that they maybe didn't come to the fore or, or, you know, common sense kind of didn't prevail on it. And now finally being pushed through and this is this is it's quite vital yeah definitely and I think it is all about conversations and maybe nobody's had the conversation before but it only to I think once these conversations are had by a lot of people that's when change happens and as you say I guess now we're in a our league's in a in a healthy place it's not where it needs to be just yet it's, there's still a lot of work but we're in a position now where we can concentrate on on other things. You know, the the, the league is running; it, it's successful, it's competitive, it's uh, it's everything we wanted and more. But there's still room to grow, and obviously, different areas can now be focused on. So, yeah, something so simple is finally getting finally the change is happening. Yeah, absolutely. Another big change uh, coming about. Very exciting. Tickets went on sale this morning for the first ever women's finalissima at Wembley Stadium. England versus Brazil, April 2023, the 6th. It's a Thursday night. First ever edition of the UEFA CONMEBOL women's finalissima. Um, I absolutely cannot wait for this. If the atmosphere is anything like what the friendly against the USA was a few weeks ago, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you've reminded me that. I've totally forgot. I imagine it's going to be another sellout. And it, yeah, exciting. I think the atmosphere is going to be crazy. Obviously, the USA match was was just an extension of the Euros party that we had. So yeah, it's great that these these games now are getting the exposure and you expect it to be sold out and you I know that the USA match I had people messaging me to get them tickets and I'm like well no you should have bought your tickets it's sold out like and we've never been in this position before where people are actually struggling to get tickets and it's it's fantastic and it's everything that down to the hard work of the Lionesses and phenomenal achievement in the summer. So, yeah, I expect another sellout and a, a really good evening of, uh, of football. Yeah, I'm really excited uh, about it. And it, it also just kind of underlies the global appeal of women's football now and the rapid growth that 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 we're under. 
which is huge, really, especially going into the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand, which will be just just a couple of months later. Yeah, it is massive. And just like speaking from my personal experience, like the amount of people that talk to me about, you know, the lionesses and women's and it's it's like grown men, it's young boys. It's not just women talking to me about it anymore. And it's, it's amazing. And I think the lionesses obviously captured the nation during the summer. Uh, they were excellent from start to finish of that tournament and and now everybody's behind them and it was always important that we carried on the momentum after the Euros into the WSL in terms of you know those new fans coming to support the teams and so far it's so good the crowds you know we've been breaking records every week last night obviously at the Arsenal match it was sold out again so it's really important that that continues as they go into the World Cup and Lionesses can kick on and hopefully bring it home again. Yeah, absolutely. One of those former lionesses taking her opportunity with both hands. Jill Scott's heading into the jungle by the looks of it. I was so excited to to, to see this. The European champion going into the I'm a Celebrity jungle. Are you a, are you an I'm a Celebrity fan, Jenna? I am, yes. I, I love I'm a Celebrity. So I will be tuning in and voting for Jill for sure. I'm I'm going to be in Qatar and so I'm a little bit like how am I going to watch this I need to make sure I've got a VPN she's going to be box office gold she's hilarious yeah it's going to be brilliant I mean I've heard that she's scared of heights so it's not going to get off to a good start when she has to jump out of a plane but <laughs> once she gets past that she's going to be flying it's yeah I can't wait for it oh my god I'm scared of heights spiders snake I mean my worst nightmare kudos to you Jill Scott that is for sure Uh, Jenna it's been a pleasure as always thank you thanks for having me what are you up to this week I am doing Champions League duty tomorrow night Tottenham Marseille so I have everything crossed that we do it and get out the group but you know it's tough being a Spurs fan yeah (laughs) yes yes Good luck with that. Uh, thank you to Jenna Scalacci, uh, Ian Abrahams, producer Will, and of course all of you as ever for listening. I'm heading off to Qatar in a couple of weeks' time for the Men's World Cup, so I'm leaving you in the very capable hands of Shabana Hearn. She's going to be with you next Monday and throughout November and December, and I will speak to you again in January. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show live, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app or listen back throughout the week. Next here on TalkSport 2 is an Autumn Nation Series special edition of The Ruck, so stay with us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.